book. And uh, if you remember, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mark was preaching from the end of chapter 3. We're going to be picking up, actually still in the end of chapter 3, but breaking into chapter 4 as well in a couple of minutes. Um, before doing that, though, I just want to highlight last week and uh, remind us that uh, we handed out these uh, bookmarks, these prayer bookmarks. We talked about five things we really wanted to be praying for over this next year and even beyond. Uh, Kingdom Impact, 15, Saved, Baptized, and Healed, Holy Spirit, Growing in Community, and Freedom to Grow. And then on the back, we talked about five uh, people we want to be praying for. May not be saved, may be saved. Five key people, though, we want to be praying for who will have encounters with God over this year. And uh, if you haven't picked one of these up, if you weren't with us last week or you haven't picked one up, they are available on the table over there. Uh, And if you weren't with us last Sunday, could I encourage you to try and listen to uh, that message? It's available on download. Um, uh, So you can go via our website and uh, listen to it from that. Um, But that's going to be a key part of what we're looking at over this next year. We'll be reverting to it. We'll be referring back to it on uh, different occasions. So uh, it's worthwhile getting hold of that uh, preach and uh, listening to it. Um, I feel today we are heading into a passage in Galatians, which in many ways Paul has been building so much of his comments about uh, in chapters 1, 2, and 3, and which he then goes to really outwork um, uh, in chapters 4, 5, and 6. So in many ways, for me, it feels like this is, we're reaching uh, possibly a summit of a hill climb in one sense where we're then going to uh, get this amazing panoramic view beyond of, wow, and this is what life is to be like for the Christian as he builds his case and then he takes us to this crest. I think it's therefore a very important uh, passage. It's, it, again, it's a continuation of uh, his message of grace um, the grace of God and how the grace of God changes our lives. We've called our series Freed from Religion. That's breaking free from being bound up by the oughts and the shoulds and the musts and the, all that sort of stuff and actually uh, enjoying real relationship with God. That's the essence of uh, really what Paul is writing in so many ways to uh, the Galatians. And uh, so as, as it is such a, an important passage... <laughs> We, we often pray anyway, but uh, I just want us to pray. I'd like us to pray, though, in a particular way. And uh, it's this. Uh, I'd, I'd like to ask each of us to pray. It's not going to be a central prayer. And you may want to pray something along the lines of, Lord, open my eyes to see the enormity of your grace. They may say, oh, that's a lot of words. I've got, I can't remember all that. Don't worry. But just help me to see the, your greatness, Lord. Help me to see your greatness. Help me to see your majesty. Help me to understand something of your grace as we uh, look at this passage together. So, can I just invite you to do that? Let's be quiet for a moment. Father God, we look to you. Help us to see and understand, to comprehend and to get hold of the, what it means, this thing, the grace of God and its full impact on our lives, of all you've called us to be, all you've made us to be.
Help us get hold of your grace today. Help us to take hold of it deeply and apply it to see afresh your amazing uh, mercy over our lives expressed in all that Christ has done for us on the cross. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to uh, start in Galatians chapter 3, uh, verse 26. I, I, I'm not sure. Is this on the PowerPoint or not? Have you got the, the, uh, the reading on the PowerPoint? No. I, oh, yeah, we have. Okay. So if you haven't got a Bible with, uh, with, uh, with me, or with you rather, you can read from there. I just realized that's a slightly different version. So I'm going to read it from there too, because otherwise I'm going to confuse you all. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave though he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the time set had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's children. And since you're his child, God has also made you an heir. Wonderful, thank you. I just want to um, just take us through this passage very briefly before actually we come up to these uh, points which are going to appear on the screen. Just to highlight verse... Uh, chapter 3, verse 26, this whole thing of sons. You're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Wow. Can I just highlight this? There is no other way to sonship other than Christ. Works won't do it. Works don't work. Performance will never be good enough. It's not even what you know. In fact, it's not even... Who you know in one sense, it's who knows you. That is, are you known by the Father because of Jesus? Have you come to him? That is the only way. In verse uh, 38, I just want to highlight something here as well. Uh, all of these we may come back to. I want to focus actually when we get to it on uh, verses 1 to 4 of chapter 4. But uh, I just want to highlight these things because I feel they're important things we need to draw from here. We've said it before, we'll say it again. Let's remember, as God's children, as God's sons, we become all part of the same family. There is no distinction any longer. No distinctions around race, around background. We all become one. One new family in Christ. One new whole in Christ. Then he moves on in 3.29. He says, hey, Remember, when you're children, when you're sons, you have an inheritance. We have an inheritance in Christ. We have promises of God over our lives in Christ. When we are in Christ Jesus, we have an inheritance. The Bible reveals what that inheritance is to us. 
Let's remember we have an inheritance in Christ. We don't just get given a name and then abandoned. No, he gives us an inheritance. Gives us an inheritance. And what a full inheritance it is. And then we come to four verses, one to four. We're no longer underage. We're no longer a slave. But we're to live in this age of grace. This era of grace expressed in Christ who's fulfilled the law to bring us into sonship through him. Hey, he's saying it's a new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new era. And then he comes back in verse 5. He just wants to remind us how sonship is a work of God's adoption. He adopts us into his family. It's a gift from the adopter. It's, it's something precious. It's got very little to do with the one who's being adopted. We're brought into a family. We're brought through Christ Jesus. We're brought because our Father chooses to make it possible for each one of us to come. And then he goes on to highlight how the Holy Spirit has a role to play here. He affirms our sonship. He makes us fully aware of the Father's love such that we can call him Dad. Dad, Abba, Father. That's the most personal form of addressing him. It's not some austere father like that you normally perhaps refer to as sir or something like that. But he's Daddy. Daddy. He brings us into his family. And then he sums it all up in verse 7 with this. Hey, so you're no longer a slave, but a son. And since you're a son, God has made you an heir as well. Ha! Isn't that amazing? What a great summary. And so today I want us to focus on verses 1 to 4. And I want us to start to look at the difference between uh, what it means to be a son and what it means to be a slave. I think many of us live under slavery. We don't perhaps realize it. In fact, a bit like lies, the most powerful form of slavery is the one where people don't realize they're in it. A bit like lies. You know, the best lies based on a truth, but it's not quite true. And it's so easy for us to get ensnared into things. And yet we call to live in this era of God's grace. We call to live in an era of God's grace. What does that mean? Well, hey, the world changed. The world changed 2,000 years ago. The grace of God was revealed for all mankind 2,000 years ago. It's a completely different time. It's a completely different era. And that's where we live today. It's called the last days. You may think, they're quite long these last days. Yeah, they are. They're the last days from the revelation of who Jesus is and his death and resurrection and ascension until the day when he comes back because one day he will come back, one day soon. We don't know when that will be. We haven't got a clue, but we know it's coming. And we live in this era. A bit like, you know, at the moment, you may not realize it, but many of us have only ever lived in an Elizabethan era. If you're under, I'm not quite sure how long the Queen's been on the throne now, 60-something years, you've only ever lived in an Elizabethan era. You may say, well, hang on, the Elizabethans were in the 1500s, 1600s, whenever it was. No, no, we're living actually under the rule of Queen Elizabeth II. Whether you like it or not, that is exactly what we're doing. And we are actually in an amazing era, actually, one of the longest reigning monarchs in the world, shaping a, a country. And yet, please hear me carefully on this, that is not a drop in the ocean in comparison to the other era we're living in. Understand, we're living in an era of God's grace, of God's freedom, 
of God's love poured out on mankind, where man can come into the Father's family, where sin can be resolved. That is the era we're living in, the era where slavery has ceased for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yes, ceased for those who are in Christ Jesus. We no longer need to be slaves. You may say, well, how do I know whether I'm in slavery? Well, here's a few signs that may help you. First of all, it may be something about oughts and musts, the oughts and musts of life. Oh, I should do this, I should do that, I must do this, I must do that. That's how I find affirmation, that's how I find approval, that's how I find love. If I don't do that, I won't be good enough. No, no, we can get into slavery into that sort of stuff, but hey, we're, we're set free from that. It's not about compulsion any longer, that we have to do things. Another form of slavery can be that sense of I'm just not good enough. I'm a slave to my low self-worth. I'm controlled by this sense I'll never be good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm beating myself up all the time. I, I see bad in myself. Understand this. No, you're not good enough. But God is. And God transforms us. God brings us out of slavery to not good enough. A sense of rejection or fear of rejection that holds us to ransom. We can be, end up being enslaved to it, can't we? Fears and fear of rejection and the power of rejection. Things which can often seem quite silly, small, but actually are massive because they control us and they hold us as slaves. We're coming in an era. We're living in an era where slavery is dealt with. What about fears and phobias? Oh, yeah, I'm a slave to that fear of spiders. Or I'm a slave to that phobia. Or I'm, I'm always worried about, you know, if I spill salt, I must throw it over. Is it left shoulder or the right shoulder? I'm a slave to that. I'm a slave to that. Things which control us, habits, maybe substances, opinions, other people's opinions. It's so easy to get enslaved to that sort of stuff, isn't it? And the Father today is wanting to just help us to see how subtly we can be enslaved, how subtly we can get caught up in something and held captive. Circumstances. We can feel a slave to our circumstances. Say, oh, well, you don't understand. I can't change my circumstances. God, Father, you can. As we live holy, godly lives before him. We need to open our eyes. We need to see how easy it is to be enslaved. How easy it is to allow things to take control of our lives. So I just want to help us see five particular things where we want to see, understand the difference between slavery and sonship. The first is this. The difference between relationship and requirements difference between relationship and requirements. Sonship brings me into relationship. And relationship says, hey, I can know. And because I know, I don't have to any longer perform. I don't have to do. I don't have to meet the requirements of this and that and the other. No, no, no. The relationship of grace of God brings us into a place of sonship. It frees us from that sense of Oh, I've got to meet these standards. I've got to do these things. I've got to, 
where that takes control of our life and enslaves us. The law. Let's understand the law, the standards of God are important. I'm not saying that. But there's grace where we get it wrong. We can't actually save ourselves through meeting the law. The law is a great thing. It points us to salvation. It says God is holy. It says God is pure. It shows us that mankind is sinful. But the law won't save you. You're saved by the grace of God into sonship, into enjoying relationship, into a sense of delight and pleasure. This thing, sons, you know, how many people would call their son a slave? No, they're complete opposites, aren't they? We're talking about sonship here. Sonship comes out of relationship. So one of these first five areas of um, difference between sonship and slavery is this. It's about relationship. It's about enjoying relationship with Almighty God. The second is this. It's acceptance versus conditional love. Slavery says, well, you're only as good as the last thing you did. It's conditional. It's conditional acceptance. It's, you, you may want to use the phrase conditional love. Sonship says, hey, no, no. You're totally accepted. You're totally accepted. There's nothing you can do to make you more accepted. And therefore, you're totally unconditionally loved. Amazing. That's the difference. I don't have to perform any longer. I don't have to live under this sense, I've got to please, in a wrong sense. That's how I get my love, by being good, by being... No, 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 no. Sonship says, hey, hey, you're in the family. You're in the family. How many families do you know, healthy families, I hasten to add, do you know where the sons, the children are brought in and, and, and only loved if they're good enough. Is that, is that how you want your family to be? Is that the sort of thing you want? No, of course not. You want your kids to know they are loved. Loved unconditionally. Loved despite all the things which go wrong and the football through the greenhouse, proverbial greenhouse window or whatever it may well be. They're still loved. They're still, they're still in the family. We're not casting them out because of that because of some misdemeanor. No, no, they're loved. And that's what it is for us. The difference between sonship and slavery. We're not going to be enslaved on this basis of conditional love. I can only, I'm only loved if I do these things. No, no, no. Sonship says, hey, totally accepted. Totally brought into the family. Totally loved. Completely different completely different. I don't have to earn the Father's approval. I have the Father's approval. I don't have to earn the Father's love. I know the Father's love. Completely different. That then changes our motivation. It changes how we live. Sonship says, hey, I'll, I want to delight. I want to please. I want to be a delight to you. I want, to, I want to please you. Yes, absolutely. Because you're so precious to me. Because I love you. Because I want to express my love to you. Slavery says, I want to be compliant. Because through compliance, maybe I'll get approval. Through compliance, I'll do this. Through, through compliance, I'll gain all the things perhaps I want. Which one's it going to be? Is it going to be sonship? Is it going to be slavery? How, you, how do you want to live your life? 
How do you want it to work for you? The Father is calling us, he's beckoning us into this wonderful relationship of unconditional love, into sonship, where he becomes a delight to us, and in return we want to delight ourselves in him and be a delight to him. Not because it makes us any better, can't get any better, but unconditional love. What do you want to be in that place? Oh, I've just got to keep God happy. I've got to do these things. I've, I've got to dot, 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 dot. Which one's it going to be? Are we going to live in sonship or are we going to live in slavery? Another one. Very similar. Some of these you'll see overlap massively. We're building uh, a, a, a big picture out of this. Do you want to live out who you are? Or is it about results? Is it about ticking boxes? Is it about getting the score right? Let's understand. God's score for perfection is 100%. God's score for holiness is 100%. And we'll never get there. We'll never get there outside of Christ Jesus. It's impossible to achieve outside of Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, we receive that 100%. We are made holy. We are clothed with the righteousness of God. Our sin and shame is covered by the blood of Jesus. We are made complete and whole. So how do I live my life as a son? I live out who I am. I live out the fact that I'm already loved by God, that I'm securing God's love. As a slave, I go, oh, I've got to please. I've got to, get, I've got to do better. I've got to get these results. I've got to earn. Which one's it going to be? Enjoy sonship? Or live under slavery? Final one. Very similar. You know, when you're a son, you're free. You know deep in your spirit, I'm free. I'm free to express who I am. I'm free to express that love which is in me. I'm free to bring that kingdom which I know I'm a part of because it's already part of who I am. When we're a slave, we feel obligated. We feel held down. We feel we've got to... Yeah, the, the language of slaves are, are commitment. Well, you just should be more committed. You should work harder. You should meet these obligations. The language of, slave, uh, of sonship is, hey, I'm free. I'm free to make choices. I'm free to live life. Yes, according to God's pattern, absolutely, because that's good for me. But it's out of that freedom, that inner freedom that I choose to live that life, not out of a sense of, well, if I do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, I'll, I'll, I'll make God happy. It's not about the happiness of God. Believe me, God is content already. He's perfect in all his ways. But it's about living out that life, living out that sonship, that sonship which says, hey, Father, you're amazing. I want to live to please you, absolutely. I want to uh, uh, live from that freedom you've given me, absolutely, yes, of course. And that's the difference between sonship and slavery. Which one's it going to be? Paul's very clear here. 
We don't need to be slaves any longer. I tell you what, we've all got a choice. You see, Christ can do all that work on the cross. We can even come in to know who Jesus is. We can come to love him, but we can still choose to live under slavery. It is a choice. Or we can choose to live as sons. Which one's it going to be? How are you going to live your life? They may say, well, Andrew, how do I do this? Verse 5, verse 6, I can't remember which one it is. Because you are, verse 6, because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. You see, the work of the Holy Spirit is actually essential for every Christian. He's essential because he's the one who affirms who we are. He's the one who actually helps us to understand, I'm a son, I'm a son. Yes, we've got, we've got the mental understanding through the word, but we need that revelation of the spirit which says, hey, I'm brought into the family. I'm a child of God. I'm loved, I'm cherished by almighty God. I'm a son. Wow. That's precious. That's what the spirit does. And sorry, I should have said this right at the beginning, but please, when I'm using the term son, that's a biblical term talking about our status before God. It's not, therefore, exclusively about male. Okay, that's all of us. We're all sons. We're all brought into the family on the same basis, just in case you were wondering. I have said it in the past, but I just realized I should have restated that. It's our sonship. No, we're brought into a relationship with the Father. And the Holy Spirit comes and he quickens our relationship with the Father. He helps us know deep in our spirits, yeah, I'm a son, I'm loved, I'm adopted. I've been brought, I've been paid for with a price. I've been paid for by the sacrifice of Jesus. I don't need to be a slave any longer. I can walk free of slavery. I can make choices to walk free from slavery. And the Father and the Spirit and the Son together are going to help me to do just that because they want me to live free. Free to enjoy the goodness of God. Free to enjoy the grace of God. Free to know the love of God. Free to bring the kingdom of God. Because that's who we are. It's not what we do, it's who we are. Love children, commissioned by our Heavenly Father to see His kingdom come. Oh, that's who we are. That's what the Spirit does in us. Friends, God has done everything necessary for each and every one of us, without exception, to enjoy the love of God, to know us, that we are sons, that we are brought into his family, that we have an inheritance, that we have a future, that we don't need to live under slavery. And a crucial part of that is the work of the Spirit in our lives. That's partly why it's so important to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to go on being filled with the Holy Spirit, as we're encouraged in, uh, <laughs> a bit later. Go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow, why do we need that? Well, because we, we live in a world which tries to tell us we want to be slaves, that we need to be slaves. We need to be enslaved to this standard or that standard or this way of behaving or that way of behaving or whatever it may well be. It's a world which wants to trap us how do we avoid that? By knowing we're children of God. By knowing we're loved sons that were brought into his family. 
allowing his spirit to come in and fill us. To help us live righteous lives, right lives, holy lives. To highlight even where we're looking for, or where we're, where we're getting drawn into slavery, to help us see that and to walk free of it. This is the work the Spirit does. Why is it so important to be full of the Spirit? Because He leads us. He fills us. He affirms who we are. He brings assurance. I'm a child of God. I don't need this any longer. It's irrelevant. That doesn't have to control me any longer. I can move free from that. I can walk away from that. How good that is. That's an action of a generous, loving, heavenly Father who we can trust completely, who gives everything we need for life and godliness. We don't have to live as slaves. So the question today is really simple. It's this. Father, would you reveal to me where I am or have been held into slavery? Where I need to walk free? And then would you give me more of your spirit? Would you fill me more and more with your Holy Spirit, Lord? So I've known the Son and in your grace and by the power of your spirit I'll walk free of slavery. It will require mindset change. It will have to think differently. But fundamentally, at the core of this is that relationship as a son, first and foremost. It's enjoying that relationship. It's worship. It's delighting in him. It's rejoicing in him. It's putting our trust in him. It's living day by day in him. It's allowing his spirit to quicken our hearts. So we live out. Oh, got this in me. I know in me, deep in me. I'm different. I'm different. I'm a son. I can walk free of slavery. Earlier we were singing a song. You may think it was quite a, what's the word I'm after? Arrogant, maybe a song. And the, the chorus was this. And you, know, you may have even struggled to sing it. Maybe you didn't even sing it. So, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I mean, what a powerful song. What a powerful song. And some of you may be sitting here thinking, how can anybody say they're a child of God? Well, it's what the Spirit does in us. He quickens it to us. He puts it deep in our spirit. You're a child of God. Wow. I'm a son. I don't need to be slavery any longer. I don't. I can walk away from slavery. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? That's why it's such a powerful song. That's why many of us are rejoicing in it, because actually we know what it was like to be in slavery. But now we're not, because we know we're sons, because we know we're in God's family, because we know he loves us, because we've been filled with his Holy Spirit who quickens that relationship with the Father, that we are assured of the Father's love. That we don't have to perform any longer. We don't have to be compliant. We don't have to do and do and do and all that sort of stuff. No, 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 no. All of that goes out the way because the grace of God says, hey, in Christ you're a son. You no longer need to anything else. You don't need anything else. In Christ you're a son. Now let my spirit put that deep in your heart.
So we're going to come back to worship because actually this is, what a great place to respond. Where we say, Father, you're everything. You're all that I want. You're all that I need. You're everything to me. Where we delight ourselves in him. Where we say, hey, God, I want to I just be satisfied in you. I'm content in you. Because you're everything. That's a powerful thing to do. And so the band are going to lead us, and we're going to enjoy God. We're going to celebrate the goodness of God. And if, as we do so, you're aware that perhaps you've been exhibiting some signs of slavery, perhaps the Spirit of God's just quickened your heart to something, can I encourage you to surrender yourself to the Father afresh today, to delight yourself afresh in Him, knowing that actually He is sufficient for it all, for everything. You can lay all that down. You can say, hey, I don't need to be like that any longer. Because the Father, through the Son and the work of the Spirit, has brought me to a place of freedom. It's wonderful. Can I invite you to stand? Let's worship him together.